everybody. I'm Dr. Armen, Professor Armen Astvatsatrin from Yerevan, Armenia. And my dear students, we continue to talk about your tests, tests in cardiology and clinical cases. Uh, once again, don't forget about writing the questions, so write the notes, just to note uh, something that for you is interesting, maybe, and maybe the key points you will find uh, in this and another presentations in another lectures. So let's go on. And of course, not it's very important to write the sentences, the write the questions, make the notes, and rehearing these lectures, my friends. So uh, please open five another tests, and we will work together. Yes, I am waiting. Mm -hmm. When evaluating a patient with suspected suspected unstable angina, which of the following is the most important test that should be done within 10 minutes of presentation? When evaluating a patient with suspected unstable angina, which of the following is the most important test should be done within 10 minutes of presentation? So we've got patient with unstable angina, unstable angina, how do you know that this is unstable angina? Okay, anyway, so uh, how to understand what to do? So when evaluating a patient, a patient with suspected unstable angina, which of the following is the most important tests that we should be done within 10 minutes of presentation? Serum cardiac troponin, coronary angiography, serum creatinine kinase, ECG. No, I suppose this is ECG, but anyway, uh, repeat the question. Uh, my assistant will repeat the question. Treating a patient with suspected unstable angina, which of the following is the most important test that should be done within 10 minutes of presentation? A. Theorem cardiac troponin. B. Coronary angiography. C. Serum creatine kinase. D. ECG. Kinase, not kinase. No, I, anyway. So, my friends, my answer, yeah, I suppose this is a correct answer, is of course ECG. Uh, a little tricky question, of course. Uh, this test is mo the ECG, because it's the most important test and should be done within 10 minutes of the patient presenting with symptoms. Okay, so once again, huh, my friends, when evaluating a patient with suspected unstable angina, which test should be done within 10 minutes of presentation? Answer is ECG. Of course, serum cardiac troponin uh, and measurements of serum creatinine kinase should be done on presentation as well. For, for example, serum creatinine troponin will be, might be, if this is a real unstable angina, maybe uh, slightly elevated, but serum creatinine kinase will not be elevated in patients with unstable angina. So anyway, do, a do the ECG at the same time, it's okay to do uh, troponin. So I do advise you to do that. Of course, you started with ECG, but who uh, disturbs you to take at the same time troponin? No idea. So. You can do an ECG and not to lose the time, do your uh, troponin. Creatinine kinase, 
don't see the reason to do that. Concerning coronary angiography, it's uh, if this is a really unstable angina, if it's a patient is hemodynamically stable, usually done within 24 to 48 hours to detect lesions that may require uh, so invasive treatment. But if this is unstable angina, now who knows what is this? So you take this patient under your consideration, under your monitoring, of course. You do everything that you needed, uh, that uh, that must we do in this situation. So unstable angina, not unstable angina, actually we don't know. It's unstable angina or it's going to be something worse like a myocardial infarction. First minutes, no, nobody knows. Huh? Nobody knows. So making ECG, at the same time measurements, of uh, troponin it's okay at the same time of course put the patient under your supervision that is under monitoring uh, check up uh, and uh, ecg at the same time hemodynamic changes uh, systolic and diastolic blood pressure painkillers etc 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 but the question about diagnostic test of course this is ecg okay uh, next question oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i see i see next question which of the following drugs is the preferred treatment for chest pain associated with unstable angina? So we have to understand this is a stable angina or not. But the question is about unstable angina. Okay, let it be unstable angina. So which of the following drugs is the preferred treatment for chest pain associated with unstable angina? Aspirin, heparin, morphine, and nitroglycerin. No, I suppose nitroglycerin actually. Okay, we will talk about that. But anyway, uh, please repeat the question. Which of the following drugs is the preferred treatment for chest pain associated with unstable angina? A. Aspirin. B. Heparin. C. Morphine. D. Nitroglycerin. Nitroglycerin. Morphine. Not, not morphine actually, huh? So the correct answer, nitro, nitroglycerin. Okay, of course, nitroglycerin is an antianginal therapy, antianginal therapy, and that is preferred treatment for chest pain and should be administered sublingually. Uh, the first, uh, and then, uh, why not? By continuous intravenous drip if needed. So actually, concerning intravenous injection of nitroglycerin, be especially carefully and take this no i have a bit electric syringe i suppose and take uh, be very careful because nitroglycerin has very severe bad adverse effects actually this is direct effects uh, dropping of blood pressure due to vasodilation no, be careful with that very careful concerning aspirin uh, should be given to all patients with uh, an angina stable angina yeah, but it uh, doesn't treat directly the chest pain associated with this disorder. For very quickly starts of, uh, works, of course, nitroglycerin. Of course. Aspirin is a blood thinner or so-called antiplatelet drug, but you have to give that. But for pain treatment, of course, this is a nitroglycerin. Uh, concerning morphine, morphine it's a painkiller. It's a, not a, a classic antianginal therapy. Uh, but due to these adverse effects, it should be used only 
only if a patient has a contraindication of nitroglycerin, or of course, if is a pain despite uh, if it, or pain is consist continue, or is in pain despite nitroglycerin therapy. Of course, we have to do that. Uh, for example, no classic unstable angina uh, treats very good with nitroglycerin, but if this is a beginning of myocardial infarction, sometimes, well, sometimes, very often we have to we have to use uh, nitroglycerin. That's okay. So, correct answer, which of uh, the drug is preferred treatment for chest pain associated with unstable angina? Of course, correct answer is nitroglycerin. Okay, next question. Uh -huh. This is the case. Uh, a 60-year-old man who is a bees comes to the emergency department because he has sudden onset of intense chest pain while at rest. Chest pain while at rest, 30 minutes ago. So therapeutic windows opened 30 minutes ago. He says that his pain has been worsening since, since that time, 30 minutes ago. Testing is done and the stable angina is diagnosed. What test? The patient receives the appropriate immediate treatment and is admitted to the hospital for further management, including coronary angiography, drug therapy and monitoring. Okay. The patient responds, uh, this patient responds well to treatment and after a few days, he is ready to be discharged to home. After discharge, after, which of the following next steps is most appropriate to improve prognosis in this patient? Okay, my friends, uh, once again, the question, uh, I will ask uh, uh, to my colleague, to my assistant, uh, mademoiselle, I don't know who, uh, to repeat the question. So, a 60-year-old, what we've got? We've got a 60-year-old man a beast man that comes to our emergency because he had sudden onset of intense chest pain while at rest 30 minutes, 30 minutes ago. So he says that the pain has been worsening since that time. We'll talk about 30 minutes, but it's not a question. So testing is done and the stable angina is diagnosed. Okay. The patient receives the appropriate immediate treatment and it's admitted to the hospital for further management now from intensive care to to the hospital okay including coronary angiography drug therapy and monitoring so this guy responds well to treatment and after a few days he's ready to be discharged to home after discharge after which of the following next steps is most appropriate to improve prognosis in this patient Begin taking fibrinolytic drugs <laughs> after discharge. No, of course not. Gradually taper all prescribed drugs, especially antiplatelet drugs. Oh, no. Make lifestyle changes. Yes, of course, such as diet modifications and weight loss. Undergo stress testing shortly after discharge. About this option we will talk a little bit after. Of course, correct answer is lifestyle changes. Uh, but anyway, my assistant, please repeat the question. A 
60-year-old man who is obese comes to the emergency department because he had sudden onset of intense chest pain while at rest 30 minutes ago. He says the pain has been worsening since that time. Testing is done, an unstable angina is diagnosed. The patient receives the appropriate immediate treatment and is admitted to the hospital for further management, including coronary angiography, drug therapy, and monitoring. The patient responds well to treatment, and after a few days he is ready to be discharged to home. After discharge, which of the following next steps is most appropriate to improve prognosis in this patient? A. Begin taking fibrinolytic drugs. B. Gradually taper all prescribed drugs, especially antiplatelet drugs. C. Make lifestyle changes such as diet modification and weight loss. D. Undergo stress testing shortly after discharge. No, my dear uh, students, of course, the correct answer is uh, making lifestyle changes such as uh, physical activity. This is the most important thing. Huh? Physical activity is the most important point, not only for this problem of stable angina, but all problems. Physical activity is the top. Uh, diet modification and weight loss. In order to improve prognosis, it's important for this patient to make changes in his lifestyle, to aggressively manage his risk factor, for example, for obesity. But not only this. Uh, we have to understand that lifestyle changes is okay. Uh, also, uh, we have to say no to uh, smoking, kid smoking, and abuse of alcohol. Abuse, just abuse. Stop and immediately kid smoking and abuse of alcohol, physical activity, diet modification, and uh, physical activity. Concerning fibrinolytic drugs are not indicated in patients with unstable angina, so it's uh, ridiculous. So gradually uh, taper drugs. This patient should continue to, tell or to take all prescribed drugs. No prescribed drugs, especially the antiplatelets, should be tapered. But anyway, the time, the, the, the time by time, you have to concerning this patient, check path undergo the checkup, and maybe some uh, uh, why not. Uh, medications will, will be tapered but uh, or, or cancelled at all, but not in his manner, huh? of course. Uh, concerning uh, stress testing, after discharge, of course, no reason to do that. But uh, my good advice to you, if you will be a cardiologist, if you manage the patient with unstable angina, with atherosclerosis, heart failure, coronary artery, it doesn't matter what, huh? even myocardial infarction. Before discharge, my good advice to you, make a stress test. Not classic, very heavy stress test. Just to uh, hit the mark, for example, heart rate will be 100, 110. Just to motivate first, first of all, to motivate patient and, say it, and uh, explain to him that nothing is finished, everything's just beginning. Okay, so uh, don't be scared for physical activity, actually, and the sexual activity also, as also. And to just to monitor, to understand what happened with patient when we'll go home. Huh? So we, uh, we don't send patient to, to another hospital. We send patient to his routine, everyday activity. To his wife, 
uh, to his job, etc., etc. So we have to understand, can he or she uh, does the same physical activity as before? And the uh, physical stress test is the especially very good things for that. And you just will understand. For example, you see uh, accelerating of heart rate more than 120 just on a very relative physical activity, slow, lower physical activity. Means you have to uh, augment it your beta blocker treatment. From, for example, for bisoprolol, 2.5 to 5 milligrams. Or you will see, remark the changes in the uh, blood pressure or heart failure signs, etc., etc., etc. You will see a lot of things. But at the same time, patient will understand, For if patient for he, with his wife, it's extraordinary. He will understand and she will understand, the family will understand that everything is okay. Uh, and uh, I do advise you to do this stress test. It will give, give you a lot of very interesting information and motivate the, per, uh, the patient to uh, go back to his uh, everyday activity. Okay? Mm. Let's continue. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I'm here. Question, oh, yeah, yeah, here is a question. Varicose veins occurs usually as a result of which of the following conditions? <laughs> Another tricky question. So, question about varicose. Varicose vein occurs usually as a result of which of the following uh, conditions? Chronic venous insufficiency. Clipper trinoni Weber syndrome. Actually, I don't know what is this syndrome. Primary dilation of the vein wall, unknown etiology. No, there are, of course, unknown etiology, but it's not absolutely correct answer. If you will find a question like this, you answer uh, unknown etiology. Anyway, repeat, and we will talk. Just repeat the question, and we will talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yes, please uh, repeat the question. Varicose veins occur usually as a result of which of the following conditions? A. Chronic venous insufficiency. B. Clipple Trinani Weber syndrome. C. Primary dilation of the vein wall. D. Unknown etiology. Uh, no, no, you want to say that this is unknown etiology, but we have to understand if this is a lady. In ladies, this problem very often uh, appears during pregnancies. During, of course, this is a known etiology, but the risk factor is pregnancy. And of course, a stand-up position. Long, not only in ladies and guys also. But if you will find a question like this, of course, the answer is uh, etiology. Actually, no, no idea. Of course, there is a, also genetic determination and another risk factors, but there are the risk factors, it's not etiology. And the last question for today, and clinical case. 70-year-old woman mm -hmm, comes to the office for routine health evaluation. She has no complaints and she, her medical history is unremarkable. On physical examination, several varicose veins are noted on the polypetal poly, poly, uh, fossa on the right. Popliteal fossa on the right. On popliteal fossa on the right. Uh -huh. 
So on the physical examination, several varicose veins are noted on the popliteal fossa on the right. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are not tender to palpation. They are not tender to palpation. But these the thin venous bullae are noted. They are not tender to palpation, but thin venous bullae are noted. It's most appropriate to tell the patient about which of the following possible complication of this condition. Uh -huh. So we've got 70-year-old woman, old lady comes to the office for to a, to the hospital for routine health evaluation. So no complaints and her medical history is unremarkable. On physical examination, several varicose veins are noted on the popliteal fossa on the right. They are not tender to palpation, but thin venous bully are noted. It's most appropriate to tell the patient about which of the following possible complications of this condition. Pigmentation at eczema, Rupture and bleeding, stasis dermatitis, venous stasis ulcers. Uh, please repeat the question. Huh? A 70-year-old woman comes to the office for routine health evaluation. She has no complaints and her medical history is unremarkable. On physical examination, several varicose veins are noted on the popliteal fossa on the right. They are not tender to palpation, but thin venous bully are noted. It is most appropriate to tell the patient about which of the following possible complications of this condition. A. Pigmentation and eczema. B. Rupture and bleeding. C. Stasis dermatitis. D. Venous stasis ulcers. Uh -huh. My friends, and we will answer rupture and bleeding. When superficial varicose veins cause thin venous bullae, rupture and bleeding from even minor trauma is a, a possible complication. Highly likely, huh? highly likely. When the skin changes listed uh, in uh, pigmentation eczema occur, they typically affect the medial malleolar region. Concerning status dermatitis and uh, venous status ulcers. There are uncommon complications of varicose veins. Uncommon. But happened. But happened, of course. So, my, not only with diabetes mellitus, of course. So, rupture and bleeding, huh? possible complication. So, that's all for today, my dear friends. Uh, thanks for your attention. Rehearing this, uh, rehear this lecture several times, several times. Before you got it, unless you got it under your skin, by heart. First of all, you have to understand. No, then learn by heart. Uh, if you understand, it's okay. Huh? Learning by heart is not okay. So, so, thank you for your attention. See you in other lectures. Don't forget to follow and subscribe our channel. Uh, see you in other lectures. And God bless you. Bye-bye.